0: What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton. Welcome to Thrillist Best and the Rest. Before we get to the fun stuff, I'd like to ask you for a personal favor. We have a new survey up designed to make this show a lot better and to make our jobs a little easier. So please go to Thrillist.com survey. It'll take a couple minutes, fill it out, or you can find the link in our description. It's even easier. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Alright, so for most of the country, you probably notice it's cold as shit outside. I'm feeling the same way. I live in New York. So I want to do an episode all about cold weather and the ways to deal with it. First up, we're going to have writer Kat Thompson on to go over some easy ways you can upgrade your ramen. I mean, it's seriously easy. I got all the ingredients from a bodega, and it turned out really well. And beer writer Zach Max is going to come on to talk about some of his favorite winter beers. Then on the back half of the episode, we're going to have senior editor Andy Kriza and senior video producer Chaz Truslow on to debate which area of the country is the most brutally cold during the winter, the Midwest or New England. It's going to be really fun. Cat and Zach are up first. Let's go. This is our 15th episode. Isn't that insane? Yay. Time flies. If episodes were years, our podcast would almost be able to drive in some states.
1: Yeah, 15 That's, and yeah. a half. You get your driver's <laughs> permit in <laughs> yeah, California. Really made
0: the other obvious thing is we are filming this podcast. So if you want to look, not in my face, but these two beautiful people here, you can find the podcast on YouTube and check out a quick clip. So today's episode is all about winter. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're in New York and it's cold as fuck outside. Yeah.
1: Pray for me. I just yeah. came back from California.
0: And you're from
2: California, right? Yeah. So it's like it's horrible. I'm a born and bred New Englander and this has been a tough one for me. This is, yeah.
1: okay. I I feel validated from hearing that. Yeah, I yeah. mean it I know early. I'm soft, but I feel
0: validation. <laughs> uh how are you adjusting to winter in New York?
1: Okay. I guess everyone like told me this when I was moving. to like, get a good coat and it does make the world a difference. Like yeah, you can go outside if you're in a good coat, which I have one good coat.
2: Yeah. But I'll tell you that costs like seven hundred bucks too though. A
0: lot of no, the good coats.
1: My good coat? $50,
2: guys. 50 $50. you are whispering in
0: like they're not going to steal your fashion tips. Yeah. My grandma always said that being in the cold weather for a season is good for you. Do you think that could possibly be true?
2: Um, I think it's good for my mental health in a weird way. The lack of sunlight drives me a little insane, but knowing that this time of year is fleeting and is coming yeah. and going makes me realize that the year is actually going by. Yeah. So maybe your
0: grandma's right in that sense. I think she's right about a lot of things. I like the <laughs> seasons. It helps me work with the flow of time, yeah. if that makes sense. Well... This episode is all about winter. Um, Kat Thompson here.
1: Hello. (laughs) She's
0: going to go over some ways we can spruce up our ramen. Some easy ways. Um, Easy, easy
1: ways. Instant ramen.
0: Definitely. And uh, Zach's going to go over some good winter beers and great beers to pair with ramen. Yeah, honestly, that's one of the things that I've grown to appreciate living in New York
2: City with good ramen restaurants all around. How many places have exposed me to what a good pairing ramen and beer is, so...
0: Most definitely. Now, Kat, you wrote about how to spruce up your ramen. I did a similar article, but I asked chefs, and they were like, well, just go to your local butcher and get a fresh cut of prosciutto and shave it over. And I'm like, I don't. I eat bacon, egg, and cheese like three times a week for dinner. I don't yeah. do that <laughs> for kind of dinner. stuff. <laughs> yeah, for dinner. Yeah, not for <laughs> breakfast, actually for dinner. <laughs> um, so to prove that this is really easy, I just grab things from my own cabinet, which is not bountiful, I have to say, <laughs> and the local bodega. So I guess first off, What is your favorite easy ramen?
1: The easiest ramen tip and the one I probably do every single time is the egg one because all you got to do is toss in an egg. And honestly, sometimes I hard boil it, but sometimes if I'm doing ramen on the stove, I'll just crack the egg straight into the ramen.
0: And I like it like
1: medium boiled. So it's there's still yolk. Yeah, that's the easiest one to do. But um, another one I love. I really like spice and I always have a jar of kimchi at my house. I just toss some kimchi in.
0: That sounds easy. We, we yeah. do have eggs here. I said I got a lot of this from my house and from a bodega. I got these eggs from a hot dog vendor out on Broadway.
1: Yeah, they smell sulfuric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, they smell like the gates of hell. Yeah. Sensory overloads. Um, I kind of want to start digging into this. Will you make us some yeah, ramen? Yeah,
1: I will make us some ramen. So okay. we have some top ramen. I'm going to do the shin. Sure. So
0: this is the brand you like. What is it called?
1: Shin ramen is uh, one of my favorite brands of ramen. It's Korean. It's like spicy and like really warming. It's just really good. And it's also, um, this is a super easy ramen hack that um, I'm inspired by. There's a writer named Noah Cho and um, he writes for Catapult and he talks about how everyone should put cheese on their ramen. And Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree, especially American cheese.
0: I really want to talk about that because that's, yeah,
1: it's kind of, let's talk about it. Well, Well,
0: it's surprising. How can American cheese and ramen work? It seems like, you know, like Zach, I go out to ramen restaurants and cheese is never really an option. It never seemed like it worked to me.
1: Okay, let me give you the lowdown right here. Okay. American cheese, super melty,
0: super right. good. Okay.
1: Ramen, these are just noodles. Yeah. We love noodles and cheese. What are we talking about? <laughs> Mac and cheese is so freaking good. Parmesan on pasta. So, like, why not put creamy melty cheese on, like, a spicy bowl of ramen? Hmm. And then once you, like, mix all the noodles together and, like, the, there's, like, cheese strings Oh, I'm telling you, it's it's
2: one of my favorite things because when you're just doing the flavor packet, I feel like the texture of the broth is not what you want it to be. It feels really, really thin, which you know that's not always a point. But once you drop the cheese in, it gets so much more hearty and yeah. it feels so good. Zach, like you've done this before. Oh, I do this. So this is like the only way I make it at home now. Really? Do you eat a lot of instant ramen? uh you know in moments of desperation i actually call this brand shin ramen i call it sick ramen because it's spicy enough and it clears the sinuses Ooh, yeah and it's super good so if i have this around uh, i always have like three or four packets in my drawer just because i want to make sure if i need something in a pinch i can do it and this is fast enough i don't eat instant ramen a ton yeah again like lucky enough to be close to some of my favorite ramen in the city yeah but this always works in a pinch and honestly waking up and doing some of these hacks like breakfast ramen actually fantastic interesting especially the egg element
1: Throw some hot dog sausage oh, i don't know yeah. <laughs> spam yeah great it's pan yeah. fried hawaiian style yeah i'm super for it well no, you
0: were right? dressing those that looks very nice you did a good job you Thanks. poured the flavor packets on yeah i okay. got
1: i need uh water can you water, a got water some. bottle yeah uh
0: there
2: you go i was actually noticing as we were talking it looked like you did a really good distribution that's, of that's sauce.
0: what i'm saying You did a good job dressing yeah That's my, like, limitations of cooking. I can arrange things. I just can't cook them. (laughs) Did you guys eat a lot of ramen in college, instant ramen? Uh oh Weirdly? A thousand percent. Weirdly, I ate a ton in high school. And then by the time I got to college, I, like... I ate a
2: little less of it, I guess. You are mature
0: for your age. You do. I I didn't really cook it a lot, but I would just kind of, like, eat it raw as, like, a snack.
1: I've definitely done that a lot. Yeah. Okay, so I'm half Thai and half English, and so, you know, Thai food, lots of spicy, lots of all that stuff. Yeah. The very first time I went to England was when I was in fifth grade to go see family, and we were there for a month, and my mom and I were like, this food... Fucking sucks, and we were straight up eating like dry packets of ramen with like the seasoning mixed oh, no. in the bags. Uh, yeah, that was like our savior.
0: So it's gotten you through some uh tough food trips.
1: Got me through some tough times. Yeah. So
0: okay, so these are frozen dumplings that I got from the bodega. Yep. They seem like they're good. I've never tried them.
1: Yeah. So like another ramen hack I I do is like if I'm especially if I'm boiling it on the stove. Yeah. Just throwing in a couple of dumplings, like they're already frozen, and so they're gonna cook. With the ramen, too. And I feel like it makes it more rich. And, like, you'll actually be full from your ramen. And, mm-hmm. not, and less sad, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would hope less sad. Also, like, everything I got here, it's amazing. I think everything was, like, $20 overall. Yeah. It's very cheap.
1: I don't know. I eat ramen a lot, especially in the winter when yeah. it's too cold to go outside. Which I've been <laughs> feeling like that is the case <laughs> a day. lot recently. Um, right now I'm putting frozen spinach also in the ramen. Like, I'm trying to make it slightly more nutritious. Cause right. Because... You know, we're already eating ramen, which has a lot of carbs, has a lot of sodium. So instant if, ramen. If we could, yeah, instant ramen. So if we could, you know, make it
0: a little bit more nutritious. It actually looks great.
2: Oh, yeah. I always have sesame seeds in the cabinet as well. I'll toast up sesame seeds Ooh, fast to dump on top. That sounds which really, I really good. Like. Or a little sesame, spicy sesame oil.
1: I've never done, uh, sesame oil, yes. Yeah,
2: there's a little garnish too. It looks good. If you're going to gram it.
0: Nice. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to <have> some protein <laughs> in Let's, there. Yeah. I'm gonna... Do you have anything else that you want to put in there?
1: I'll do the cheese at the end when it's okay. hot. Yeah. Wow, is that so the s- method?
0: Yes, because if you
1: nuke the cheese, then it will literally disappear. Yeah. (laughs) So you yeah. So I'm just going to, yeah. I'm putting in the
0: microwave. Do you think this is the first podcast that just had a microwave this close to a microphone?
1: Unclear, but...
2: And do we know how long you have to cook it for?
1: (laughs) You know, because I broke them up, I feel like it shouldn't be as long as normal. Because here it says...
0: Ten minutes. Seven so we minutes, have- it
1: says, for the microwave. I put in a minute and 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Time is a factor. This is all about experimentation, right? Yeah. We're learning how to make our ramen a little bit better very cheaply. It looks beautiful, so it passed the eye test at least. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I honestly, it already does look good. It does. <laughs> yeah. Zach, do you want to open up some of your winter beers? Let's get into the beers. Unceremoniously,
2: before we even start talking about the topic at hand, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I wanted to pull up is a fantastic beer from a brewery right here in the city called Three's
0: Brewing. Yeah. It's their fifth anniversary beer called Vanglorious. It's extremely shiny. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you beautiful. can catch it it's, on camera, but <laughs> it's, it's holographic. If you're listening, it's like a zebra print. It's extremely holographic. It yeah. looks like a magic eye mixed with an acid like trick a little 90s. bit. It's yeah, like, Yeah.
2: This is their fifth anniversary beer. Usually when people do anniversary or celebratory beers like that, they make it this crazy high alcohol, like uh, crazy IPA. Or... This is a party, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, you don't want to really want to remember the party, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, This one is just their most popular, like, workhorse beer called Valit, which is a super solid pilsner yeah. that's been dry hopped. So it's uh, pretty much something that anyone can get behind because it doesn't taste any more bitter than it normally would. I want to drink it when you're watching playoff football. Definitely. I tie into winter here. Sure. Uh, or, or- Walking in the street. <laughs> uh,
0: crying really. when you get home from work. Anything you do in the <laughs> when winter. When you get home from work, <laughs> eating your bacon,
2: <laughs> egg, and cheese dinner, it's like a perfect... Exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh, honestly, Or you're I think, pimped out ramen. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So you wrote for Thrillist about the best winter beers, and, and you update that story, Um, it seems like, almost annually. Uh, uh Yeah, for a couple years running now. What makes a good winter beer? It, are there like specific qualities you look for? Or are they beers that are just released in the winter? I don't understand so, that, honestly. If you're asking a you.
2: beer marketer, yeah, there's yeah. like a schedule of things that the beer industry follows to match what people they assume people's moods are. So from the larger brewers especially, you see a lot of like winter warmers, which Mm. are basically like spiced borders, you see a lot of heavier stouts. But recently because that area got so crowded and not a ton of Americans are down with darker beer, Mm. uh, you've seen companies be like, Hey, let's do like a winter wheat beer or like fuck it, let's do a Pilsner. So is it all this marketing? Like honestly a lot of it is like the it's a little ballsy to put the word Christmas or holidays on a beer because as soon as you're past that, no one will touch it. Yeah. yeah, Even the word winter gives people some pause so a lot of the time now it's more of just like a an illusion or like the stuff that's, you know, from maybe like 5-10 years ago that has maintained popularity has kind of become something that people know to ask for by name and the rest is kind of free reign. Rob's oh, done. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> It's steaming. It's steaming. Don't bring hands. Oh,
1: an oven mitt. Oh shit! You know. It's fuck. Hold on. Yeah, it's hot. Joe, okay? right? don't yeah, bring hands. Yeah. I got it. I got it.
0: A lot of firsts in podcasting yeah. <laughs> today. The first injury on a podcast set for Thrillist. Hey.
2: Yeah, there's probably second degree ravers. burn. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, first one is out. It smells good. Is it supposed
0: to really smell like eggs? that you got from a hot dog vendor? <laughs> or is that just the, the eggs from the hot dog vendor? I think it's,
1: Because I smell this now. Let's
0: see. <laughs> well, you're closer. Ooh. I'm
1: going to pass this to someone. Okay. To someone's way. All
0: right. Okay.
1: Here's some plastic forks for you. Because <laughs> I couldn't find also any Also from the bodega. Yeah.
0: This is amazing bodega ramen. oh <laughs> I got a sleeve in there.
1: <laughs> Tell me what you think. I will. Wait. Please, like, blow on it because it, it yeah. is, uh, looks really hot.
2: Do we yeah. learn nothing from the ramen accidents <laughs> of our youth? That's what I always did. I was, like, too hungry, and I never waited. Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I definitely was eating ramen once when I was in middle school in the car, and my mom brakes super hard, and I spilled it, like, uh, all over my stomach, and I got oh, a burn. That's yeah.
0: the
2: boldest move ever. I've never eaten ramen in a car. Yeah, that seems like <laughs> a very <laughs> bad
0: thing to eat in yeah. a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, while I wait for this school, I'm going to try this vainglorious yeah. dry hot Pilsner. What do you call Pilsner oh, yeah. lovers?
2: Um. Uh, Crispy boys. Crispy
0: I mean, you can call the beer itself a crispy boy. That's the other thing, too. I am a crispy but, boy drinking a crispy, crispy, crispy boy. boy. It's like Inception. So why do you think this is good winter beer? I was
2: alluding to it before, but mm-hmm. you can only drink so many back-to-back uh, stereotypical winter beers before you, your pal just gets blown out. I don't mm. want to drink 15% stout you know, with yeah. everything at the end no. of the day. It will really shorten your night. Um, but there's <laughs> mm. also things, that it's kind of ridiculous to think that just because it's cold out, you your body only wants one thing. Like, I don't know about you guys, I eat ice cream when it's Same, cold yeah. out and I eat ramen in July. I like, drink
0: iced coffee all year yeah, long, honestly. Actually,
2: I kind of prefer that too. Yeah. But this is one of those things where it's like, if you want to tell me that there's only one type of beer to drink when it's below, you know, 40 degrees out, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the best winter beers I know come from Southern California. Man, so, isn't it ironic? <laughs> yeah. So, have you done your American cheese slice yet? Oh, I am
0: not. Cannot forget the American cheese. Yeah, especially
2: cheese. while it's still hot. Okay. Yeah.
0: This is great. You guys are really taking care of me here. I appreciate that. We are like putting that. the slice of American cheese on top of our maxed out instant ramen.
1: Just let it, like, you know... Let it's like it simmer it's a, a little bit? It's a cozy little blanket for your ramen. It just is. Let it hang out.
0: It's all tucked in there. Yeah. Like, maybe may be of the melting point for American cheese is quite low. <laughs> it is <So>. very low. <laughs> it's like taking a nap. Should we tell it a little bedtime story? Yes. <laughs> um, about Tuck the best in. beers to drink during the winter? <laughs> yeah,
1: what's the next
2: beer? I think we should move over to one that is barely even related to winter and all, because it wasn't released in wintertime. Right. It doesn't say winter on the can. But I just think it's one of these things that you need to drink if you're maybe lucky enough to live in some place where it doesn't get that cold, sure. or you just want to remember what it's like to drink something that it's like a blast of summer citrus. This is a brewery that I love called Orno. They're from Maine. Yeah. This is their, I will call it their flagship IPA called Tubular. And uh, You can notice with the, like, say by the Bell... Kind of 90s exactly graphics. what I was thinking. It's, it's very, so cute. What's yeah. the name of
0: the cafe that they go to in say by the Bell? That's Max's. 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 It, it definitely looks like it, it's, it's the wallpaper from Max's. It's, it's very 90s. It's yeah. very, honestly, it's very tubular. I can't yeah, think of a better name.
2: Totally tubular, as I used to say.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um
2: so this one is just their their flagship beer. It's about a seven percent IPA. Super straightforward, easy drinking, bright citrus, and one of those things that can kind of help you over the seasonal effect of disorder if you're feeling a
0: bit of that crush. So most definitely.
1: I'm passing the ramen. <laughs> there you go.
0: Ooh, that's hot. Nice. It is hot. Ooh, it looks good. Okay. This cheese is really melting. It's, it's looking good. It's getting really gooey.
2: I just realized we don't have spoons. I love that. There's oh, no, we do. One spoon. Ooh. We're sharing, sharing spoons. spoons. Sharing beers, sharing spoons.
1: You know, or just, you know, lift it to your mouth and slurp it. It's fine. <laughs> I know, actually. I uh, that's
0: how I would like Dig to that, that anyway. Um... Yeah, um, Zach brought really nice beer, and I just went to a <laughs> bodega and bought a bunch of crap. And
1: I forgot, but if you want your sulfuric egg, it's,
0: it's right here. Yeah. you know, I have to say, when I got this egg, people behind me were like, Do "You sell eggs here?" And he, he was like, "Yeah, we always have." And they were like, "Oh, damn,
2: two for a dollar!" You know, I've seen Will in so many contexts when he's like doing things, and he's he's a generally very happy guy. Yeah, he walked back into the office with his, he's like, "Eggs, two for a dollar." New York is, New York is the best. I was I
0: like. It it is to be amazing. I know it's crazy. You can just walk out out of the door of your office, walk three feet, and get as many hard-boiled eggs as you want. Oops, you were just a mess today. Uh, so we got some beer in the ramen. <laughs> a new ramen hack. Was that a hack? <laughs> I don't know. This is, you know, oh, what? this is delicious, isn't it? Really, this is good? really so good. good. Rono. a Arono. Porno. Or, Everyone Rono. says Arono. That's
2: like the New England, Massachusetts <laughs> is the home of the weirdest town names. Where yeah. I'm from, but Maine is close second. It's like saying, people who say
0: Toronto, mm. never been to Canada. You can tell. You got to say Toronto. Toronto. That's just called being efficient. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I can, I can really appreciate that.
2: We never cook um, ramen in the microwave at home. Mm. We always never. do pot, but the texture of this is actually really good.
1: We're kind of eyeballing it here because we broke the ramen into a couple yeah. of places. And, That's fine. Uh, we only did it for three minutes, but you know.
0: This is how people live, Kat. That's true.
1: <laughs> you you got to live on the fly. Our world is in flux. Yeah. <laughs> and if <laughs> we can
0: ground people a little bit... <laughs> With bodega ramen. Yeah. And a couple cans of tubular. We've done our job for the day. Okay, the noodle, the texture, I think you're right. It's very good. Yeah. I think and it's because
2: I like El Dante best, and this clearly doesn't give it the chance to overcook.
0: Yeah. It's kind of mac and cheesy a little bit, I have to say, which I don't, which I don't hate. Are you in? I'm telling you.
1: Okay, the American cheese, super easy, very good hack.
0: So, one
2: of my favorite things to do too is to just add in the noodles until you want them. And then just add a tiny little bit of broth and the
0: cheese, and you get like a maziman.
1: Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. Which is like dry
0: ramen. It's so good. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to eat some of this. We're going to clean ourselves up. We'll be right back. Okay, everything's basically (laughs) the same. We're still a mess. But this ramen is delicious. I think it's actually very much worth it.
1: The inspiration for even writing the article to begin with was, like, I was reminiscing about my college ramen days, which um, I would, yeah, definitely have, like, cases of ramen that I would just go through. Yeah. Um, But I was never putting any, like... Proteins in them. I was never putting any veggies. I was just straight up eating ramen like all the time. And I was like, you know what? Now that I'm a full fledged adult, yeah, I should probably eat a vegetable once in a while. <laughs> so that's kind of what inspired
0: me. This is actually delicious. It's so much better. And I think that the keyword that you use is so much less sad. Yeah, <laughs> just having
1: this with nothing in it, dude. It is true. Like if you just eat straight up ramen, it, it's a little sad. Just throw some frozen spinach in there and mm-hmm. love
0: yourself. Yeah, and this beer is great too. Mm. I'm like super happy. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah, this is like the best thing we've done. <laughs> do we you yeah. to work? Yeah, yeah, like
1: ramen and beer. We should yeah. do this every
2: every day.
0: I'm going to finish this. I'm so- <laughs> You're cleaning your plate. Oh, so these are your winter beers or your ramen beers?
2: I would say something like the the first beer we had is mm-hmm. a great pilsner and like lagers in general they make for great pairings especially for spicy food because they're very refreshing. Yeah. They're usually
0: on the on the more muted side of the flavor spectrum so they kind of just help Quench your thirst in between hot bites. Ooh, so, you know, you mentioned quenching your thirst and pairing with spicy food. I don't know if you follow David Chang on Twitter, but uh, today, I believe, which, you know, we're taping Oh, this. I know exactly you know what, what you're about said? to say. Yeah. On January 22nd, <laughs> a date that will live in infamy. Um, he tweeted about pouring his beer over ice. Yep. And he says it helps, what do you he say, he pairs with spicy food. And he's like, oh, and if you don't like this, you must not drink your beer quick enough. But I saw that. I don't know if I fully agree I- with the chankster, as I call him, he he loves to be provocative in his statements, so I'll always give him that.
2: I remember the first time I got served a beer with ice, and I was kind of like, "What the hell?" Where? And then, so uh, it was on when I was traveling. I was in Venezuela, and I was like too young to really care. I was like, "I don't care." It's just gonna keep it cold. Um, but then my girlfriend's Costa Rican. When we got to Costa Rica, she's like, "All I want is a beer and ice." And I was like, "You know what? It sounds pretty fucking great, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. So we got just like a good imperial Puerto of rice, and looking at the water or whatever, like with her family. I'm like, "This is." Fantastic. Actually phenomenal. I'm like I'm yeah. not a purist in this way. I'm not going to tell people if they want their beer over ice that they're wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he was doing it with sing beer, and I will say, like in Thailand, like mm-hmm. okay, sing is from Thailand, and everyone in Thailand drinks their sing with ice. Like, really, it's pretty normal. Sing Chang, like all of those. The only
0: place I've ever had beer um, ice and beer was in Thailand. It was in Bangkok yeah. with Chang, but I, yeah. I drank so much of it because it just it was so hot. It's so light. and It's the best li- hot weather yeah. beer. Yeah. Which actually brings me to a point. Do you think that summer or winter is a better drinking season? Ooh.
2: You're talking to someone who owns a couple of bars. So <laughs> Every single day.
1: <laughs> Every season is a good season. Yeah. Please go out and buy. <laughs> Drink
0: responsibly. Because um, I think there are benefits to both, right? Because summer, it's hot. You're outside. You're partying. But, you know, winter, you're inside. You're cold. <laughs> and you want something to do. It's kind of boring, you know? Honestly, I tell people dry January. I respect people who do that. I think it's great that people want to recharge
2: after the holidays. God knows I have to. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I find January to be a tough month in New York. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I'm holding myself back from doing what most of my friends do, which is like either meet up for drinks or drinks before dinner or something. Right. It can limit my social interaction, which I need it most this month in February. So. That makes sense.
0: You're absolutely right. Do we have one more beer there, Zach? We do. Sorry. so No, it's okay. Of I all just, the things you know. I like, uh, Is there another beer? <laughs> yeah. I think I see something over there. Uh, um,
2: speaking of beers that are perfect for the season, again, this is not something that they release for winter, nor yeah. is it something that says winter on the label or anything, but um, it, kinda, it falls more in line with what breweries typically would do for a winter beer. Um, this is Lawson's Finest Liquids, which is a very, very storied brewery from Vermont that uh, is mm. known for a very famous beer called Sip of Sunshine, which people go head over heels for But this is their imperial stat, 10.1%, nice, rich, full-bodied. I'm not a huge sweet tooth. Um, That's not to say this tastes like molasses, but it does have, like, more, like, roastier notes, more full-bodied flavors that, I think, make this, like, the kind of thing that people could imagine themselves, you know, in in the cliche way, sitting down next to a campfire in the (laughs) snow, like— does anyone ever
0: do that? Yeah, um. looking
1: out at the snow, uh, the blizzard outside. Do. Yeah. In your cabin.
0: They wrote a whole song Thank about you. that. Maybe it's cold outside. They did. But it's wildly <laughs> problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, cheers. Cheers to everyone. This looks cheers really good. To you guys. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
2: I'll drink tubular. Yeah,
1: drink
0: tubular. I don't really like stouts usually.
2: It's it's fragrant. It's nice.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a little bit sweeter, right? It's got that kick.
2: It does. So sometimes your palate can perceive higher alcohol content as sweetness. Yeah. So if you you get into the double digits, people are like, double IPAs usually get a little too cloying for me, too sweet. Because your taste buds actually pick up the sweetness of the alcohol.
0: Yeah.
1: I do have a sweet tooth. And something that I feel like when I get a stout that's like higher percentage than alcohol... Sometimes it's like, oh, it's coconut, it's vanilla, and I don't get that flavor. Like, it's not sweet, but this is actually sweet, but it's nice. Like, right? It's,
2: it's like Hostess cake with yeah. like a little bit of like a, an espresso aftershock. Yeah,
0: this is actually what I would consider to be like uh, when I when I think of winter beer. What's a winter beer? This is like perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's very mapley, cozy. Yeah, it's like a little smoky. It's cozy. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a marketing job for you in beer right now. They'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> take you in. Hire me.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... Yeah, this is a, much like the little blanket of cheese on our ramen. I feel like there's a nice blanket of American cheese over me after this maple. <laughs> These are some great winter beers. And um, this ramen was just really, really, really delicious. Kat, thank you for coming on and teaching us a little bit about how to make our ramen better. Yes. Of and course. Zach, as always, thanks for coming on, bringing beer and talking about beer. It's a highlight of my month. So You're far. my favorite chicharroni. <laughs> Sisarone. Back at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Okay, so Kat taught us about making our shitty ramen a little bit better, Zach Back went over some of the best beer to get us through winter, and now we're changing gears a little bit. We're here to discuss what part of America has the most brutal winter. I'm here with senior editor, Andy Kriza. Yes, sir. Kriza, right? Kriza, you got Kriza. It. Like,
3: like, No, 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 no. <laughs> it's sometimes Y is a vowel. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> and senior video producer, Chaz Treslow, How are you? I'm doing great. Do you have a Y in your name? Uh, no. Okay. You have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he went over it all. This is great. Two of my favorite people at us so I have to say. First time we've been in a room together, I think. All three of us, yeah. I think so. Uh, Chaz and I work in New York, and Andy lives in beautiful Los Angeles. Pasadena. It's, doesn't that count? It's, it's like suburban. <laughs> yeah, it's Los Angeles. It's cool. All right, so basically we have this article that we update almost every year the states with the most brutal winters ranked, it really pisses people off. Andy, you can attest to that, right?
3: People get really upset to learn that the place that is cold where they
0: live is cold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I feel But then like, they get cantankerous and they'll be like, my, my place is shittier
0: than yours. That's what yeah. I feel like is more. It's like people are like, no, uh, where I live is definitely the shittiest place. And they have a weird sense of pride about it. I would yeah. agree with that, yeah.
4: No, looking at that list, I was like, oh, Vermont 22? That doesn't make sense. That should be much higher. Agreed. Rhode Island ahead of that makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. So you're one of us. Um, Exactly.
4: Chaz is here with an
0: agenda. (laughs) I have a strong agenda. (laughs) He's unpacking it before our eyes. So basically, Chaz, native New Englander, spent a lot of time in New England. Andy, Midwestern boy, of course. I think there's a big argument here between the Midwest and New England. As far as the other parts of the country, and we can can touch on that briefly. Um, I think Midwest and New England, to me, are, are the two big players. I was in Wyoming about a month ago, and... While it was very cold, I have to say, it was kind of like, you know how people call it a dry heat in the desert? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's a dry cold. It's and, a dry cold, right?
4: And dry cold is bearable. It doesn't penetrate your skin. It doesn't have that sting that, like, the Midwest I know for sure has. I went mm-hmm. to Wisconsin recently, and it was cold. Yeah. Very cold. And... Obviously, New England is freezing. Yeah, I mean, like, certain
3: places earn their winter, right? Like, I mean, I think that the reason that Vermont ranked right in the middle is that's an idealized winter that's like, to at least to an outsider that isn't slogging through it, like, you're like, oh, it's Vermont. Like, I can eat frozen maple syrup on snow and go right. skiing
0: and whatnot. Whereas, you know, if you're in North Dakota, you're just cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is an important point because it's not, you know, statistically what's the coldest. Because, you know, Alaska would win. But I think as that article states, and I kind of agree... It's like, if you're in Alaska, you're a different type of person. It probably doesn't affect you as much, you know?
4: Well, I'd I'd also say that there's a level of cold that you reach where it just doesn't get worse. Mm -hmm. Like once you hit like negative 10, I'd say, it's like anything past that, it's just colder, but you don't feel any different. And it's like, honestly, it's once you feel the inside of your nostrils freeze, like (laughs) that's the level. And then everything past that you can't feel your body outside of it, so it doesn't really
0: matter. It's a wash. What's the difference between negative 30 and negative 10? Not much. Not a lot. It's like you, you can only get so stoned, and you can get more, like, it's the difference between drunk. You can get way more drunk, and he's like, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> this isn't that lit. <laughs> but the thing about Wyoming, too, it's like it wasn't windy. You know, today in New York, I think when I walked uh, to the subway, I think it was about 28 degrees, but it was really windy. And that 28 felt so much colder than a Wyoming negative one. I mean, I
4: I bike to work every day Ugh. and I can say the other day it was maybe yeah like 28 but mm. the wind was just whipping across the bridge it. yeah and i had to like ball my fists and like put them under my like armpits <laughs> and i was like this i'm so soft like what's yeah. wrong with me <laughs> like
0: <laughs> and no so eddie now we mentioned you live in la or sorry pasadena pasadena um la county la county uh how do you think about you know their winter as a midwest boy who's kind of relocated recently to southern california
3: yeah i mean i moved there from the pacific northwest too which is one of those places where it's just like not cold enough to make it worth it, but cold enough to make it miserable mm-hmm. when it's winter. Definitely miserable. Um, I, I think that California is a hard one to to really parse because it's so long and the climate changes completely from the northern border to the southern. Yeah, I will say that like moving to Southern California made me so soft I can't even deal with myself. The other day it was sixty five and I was looking for a sweater and being like, oh, it's so cold out. <laughs> I'm like, oh. and like I've been there for a year. <laughs> like, it took a year for that to happen to me, and I've become weak. You have. <laughs> very, very weak. You look weak. You don't I, feel, look well. I feel weak. <laughs>
0: I'm going to ask us all to freeze for a second. We'll be right back with more winter weather talk. So, I want to go back a little bit in time. Andy, what is the coldest memory you have of the Midwest?
3: I have a very specific memory of this, and it's going to make me sound like such an old man, but. Well, you know. Back when I was in elementary school. <laughs> Uh, Do people talk like that? Well, eventually, because that places
0: you at a very specific time. Once you get below Midwest girl. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So when I was in elementary school in Flushing, Michigan, Mm -hmm. uh, I walked home on what was statistically the coldest day in the Midwest history. (laughs) Uh, It was with wind chill negative seventy, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) It was like a mile walk, and you know, when when you get that cold and you're getting whipped with winds, as you tend to be when you're in between two giant bodies of water that produce nothing but cold. Mm -hmm. uh, My tears were freezing to my face, and so I was actually peeling frozen strips of saline off of my sixth grade cheeks it was awful
0: god you could actually eat your tears
3: but that's the thing about michigan is just like california it's a, a really long state right but as you you start out bitter cold in the south and then it just gets progressively colder as you go up and so at
0: its warmest in the winter it's still pretty shitty yeah Jazz, New England, do you have a memory similar to Andy?
4: Yeah, definitely. I remember I was living in Warren, Vermont, and I worked at a mountain uh, doing park crew. So mm-hmm. every day I was outside building a terrain park. And one day I woke up and it had been so cold the night before that the paint on my car had exploded off oh my god <laughs> because there was some little crack and water got into it and it just like popped all off couldn't start my car because it was a diesel finally somehow i actually had to walk to work i think and it was so cold that the mountain told our boss we weren't allowed to be outside for more than 15 minutes at a time because you would get frostbite so quickly
3: yeah It was so cold that the mountain itself was like, you cannot be
4: outside anymore. (laughs) The man of the mountain. (laughs) This this is the best part was we were in the process of like digging all these holes and putting in rails and stuff. And everyone who worked park crew, we were so used to being outside that all we would wear was like our snow pants Mm -hmm. and two sweatshirts, no jackets, no face stuff. Honestly, the most dangerous part was we'd be doing all this manual labor and just start pouring in sweat And then if you stopped working, it would freeze.
0: So it was just like the mountain being like, all right, bring them in, bring them in. Like, (laughs) we don't want to lose anybody. I I can't stop picturing like an anthropomorphic mountain telling you like (laughs) stepping in. (laughs) Nature stepping in. Oh, yeah. And telling you that's pretty intense. Have yeah. you been in Midwest winters aside from that?
4: Uh, Chicago?
0: N- oh, yeah, but in the airport, that doesn't count. Uh, it's pretty
4: cold in there, actually. Y- yeah, true. <laughs> I did get snowed in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I went to Wisconsin recently and honestly, it was cold. It was snowing, but I don't feel like I was there in the brutal time. It was December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also moving around, snowboarding and stuff. So I was like pretty warm and felt totally. good. But it, it was, it was different. It was yeah.
0: Definitely, like, you can tell how brutal the winter can be there. Totally. Andy, I know you've come to the East Coast a lot, like, right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. in yeah, New yeah. York. Uh, you have a taste of both. Do you think that Midwest winters just hit a little harder?
3: I think that there's a considerable more brutality to it mm-hmm. um, and I and again, this is from an idealized position, looking over at what's going on here. I don't know if a nor'easter or whatever happens in the winter here, but mm-hmm. with prairie winds whipping across the Dakotas and Minnesota and through the valleys and you know going down through like a vacuum chute um <laughs> You're just constantly getting whipped with cold. And then when you throw the Great Lakes into it, you're getting so much lake effect snow that wind is blasting across a a relatively flat body of water that like the waves freeze. The waves on the Great Lakes freeze and turn into like ice volcanoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, when, When you're looking at something that big, like imagine if the ocean was frozen. Like, that's crazy. That would suck. That's crazy. And the further north you get, too, I mean, if you're in the Upper Peninsula, of Michigan. Youpers. I remember my brother went to college in Marquette, Michigan, and we would go and visit him in the winter, and we would have to climb out the second story window and slide down to get to the car. (laughs) Some of
4: the most uh, snowfall in the U.S. Yeah,
3: absolutely. The Upper Peninsula. And it is cold as shit.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cold up there. Yeah, it's just, the, the thing about the Midwest, to me, about their winters, is it's just, it's not even cold, and this kind of adds to the brutality. It's just gray. Yeah. It's like someone opened up a battery and dumped it. It's all over every car, over the skyline. It's just, you know, I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, which I consider the Midwest. That's, you know,
3: yeah, it's right it's, on the border. It's, I, I mean, I it's, an, know, it's, it's a man. no man's
0: land, to be honest. With you. It's, yeah. it's Western neither. PA, I think, is is more Midwestern than it isn't. But um, it's just gray there. The sun doesn't come out, you know, for six months out of the year. That's I tough. mean, But that's also kind
4: of winter for most of the country, I feel like. I mean, maybe not out west as much, but I can say for New England, a majority of the time, it is cloudy and kind of miserable. And when you get those sunny days, you really relish it. But it's actually generally colder those days. So Mm -hmm. it's not as nice. Yeah. Winter is different because it's not a long grind of cold necessarily. There's always this like element of Mother Nature playing with you throughout Mm -hmm. it where it goes like... I mean, here just recently, it was, what, 60 degrees, and now it's 30, and when you start getting into these, like, big jumps in temperature and it being hot, cold, hot, cold, uh, getting a lot of snow, getting a bunch of rain, it just messes with your emotions, and there's a different type of brutality, and it's, like, just really hard on your like emotions and your soul a lot of the time if you just want cold you can just sort of set your mind like oh this is cold this is my life now like when yeah. it goes back and forth it is just brutal in
0: a completely psychological way that's a really good point it's bad because you, you kind of get into the summer mood you know uh early march yeah and then we get hit with a blizzard yep it's very good
3: point. Well, oh, wow. it's, it's also like everyone romanticizes climates in other places that they aren't very familiar with like it's very easy for me to be like oh new york in the winter like this sounds great Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) carriage ride through central park and then you get here and it's just like oh my god this is the worst
0: yeah you have like snot running down your nose it's frozen Someone spitting at you that spit freezes i emailed you guys this morning i saw a dead rat frozen to a manhole i'm not surprised that's the things you see in new york so i i do think that new york as a state has an argument because you have the city where it's very windy And it sucks. And we're always outside. But then, I mean, upstate New York, the temperatures can rival that of the Midwest or like, you know, even Maine. And they get lake effect snow, too, all the way up there. It's
4: very similar in that sense where it can just snow. And so I feel like not maybe in the last 15 years, there was some storm up there where they got like 10 feet of snow Mm -hmm. and it was like a huge emergency, like everyone's getting evacuated and stuff like that.
3: But you also don't hear people complaining about it as much as you would in the city because yes. everyone, like they know that that's what's coming. So I feel like the idea of it being brutal when you're ready for it and that's just what you expect and that's what you're going for.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, which is why, you know, to bring back like the Wyomings, the Idahos, the Montanas um, of the country, it's like I feel like when I was there, everyone was just very prepared. Like everyone had long underwear on and people get prepared for that. So it's like an event almost where here I'm not going to come to the office and – Long John's, you know. You should. Yeah, you really should. I mean, that's on I you. Really it's on me. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning more about myself and my own I'm, shortcomings during this than anything else. I mean, I feel like in New York, it's 40 degrees and I see people wearing a puffy jacket. like Transplants.
4: It, well, not even. Even yeah. local people. It's yeah. like
0: I just own one
4: jacket for the entire winter. Yeah, it's, it's it,
3: 40 degrees not acceptable weather to wear a puffy jacket?
4: No, definitely not. I look like hmm. an asshole right it, now. You're 65 like, years. I, I have a
0: parka that looks like Han Solo's. <laughs> So, I think that another important facet of uh, what constitutes a true, truly brutal winter are the attitudes of the people. and, uh Midwestern nice is definitely a thing, and I feel like the people in the Midwest are a little bit hardier, and they tackle the cold in a little bit of a more friendly way. Um,
3: yeah, but I mean, the whole concept of Midwest nice is a, based in passive aggressive behavior, right. generally <laughs> speaking. So, like most Midwesterners, like they have such a, a strong, you know, work ethic and mm-hmm. a, and a, a stubborn pride that they, you know, fire up their snow blowers or whatever at six in the morning, on the dot, just. <laughs> snowblowers everywhere
0: but nobody's happy about it it's not like
3: <laughs> this is like oh this is my morning jog to go and you know blow two feet of snow off my driveway yeah
0: but you know like a positive mindset can really help in a lot of ways and i feel like midwestern people kind of have you know oh it's cold but uh it's where i live well you know what? We,
3: can, we can we can make some hot chocolate off of our fresh dairy <laughs> exactly and like think about the way we romanticize going up to like a cabin or a, you know a mountain and you're sitting around the stove and you know you've got your socks drying from glossotting down a glacier or whatever that's the hell, you're doing out there. Like, <laughs> glossading? Glossading, yeah. It's I don't you, know what that is. It's sledding on your back. What? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, if you don't have a sled, you just, it's glossading. That sounds like falling. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I, it, it's based on That's the, what I'm uh,
0: saying. The Midwestern people, they fall down a mountain and say, oh, it's glossading. It's great. It's, it's from a documentary I saw called Cliffhanger. So, it's, <laughs> with Slice the Loaf? Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Midwestern people have, you know, they might be optimistic to make it. It's stubbornness. Friendly. It's stubbornness. Yeah, it's, it's stubbornness, but like, you know, people in New England, Especially, say, mass are kind of the flip side. They'll say fuck you to your face, but maybe they're good deep down. Is that uh, attitude better <laughs> for winter? No, not at all. I mean, people in Massachusetts are going to be
4: bummed out about anything. That's mm-hmm. just, like, part of the vibe. But, like, I would say, like, living in mountain towns and stuff like that, if it's snowing, everyone is stoked. Like, that's right. what everyone is living for. It's more when the crowd gets there that everyone starts becoming a dick. And yeah,
0: other people. Yeah and, <laughs> yeah,
4: and it's just like, it's. I think no matter where you are, there's going to be up and down. I mean, my experience in the Midwest, in Wisconsin, was like, wow, everyone is insanely nice here. They've and, all been glissading, you know? Yeah. They are very
3: nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Beer insanely is insanely cheap.
4: Like, right. It was... I don't know. Well,
3: I, I think that, yeah, like the, the winter foods that come out in the Midwest are vastly superior, which might make it less miserable. Mm, like, that's I, a really you good know, point. Like, you, oh, 100%. Big, hearty, warm, rib and melty melty-cheese, tot based things, like... <laughs> Everything's fried. you are drooling. Have you ever had a lobster roll in the winter? I don't think so, right?
4: Uh, It's a thing.
3: Are they out of, I thought they were out of season. Oh,
4: no. They Well... But those the lobstermen go out no matter what, and they catch them, you know.
3: I've never had a lobster roll, so I'm just kind of winging it. That's like true? It. This is what I think that, that people from the Northeast would want me to say.
4: Just,
3: we'll talk about rolls. <laughs> More of a
0: bisque guy myself. <laughs> so I don't know. This is a tough call. I mean, I think, you know, New York, I live in it. I think it's brutal. Um, Have you spent any discernible time in the Midwest? If you count Pittsburgh, which I do.
3: But it's not, so you shouldn't. I don't
0: know. I think that if you pass Harrisburg you're in the Midwest, what would you even call Pittsburgh and that whole portion of the state? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. Yeah, but where would you classify it if you were breaking down the country into regions?
4: (sighs) To me, Pennsylvania is kind of like Connecticut, and no one wants to own it. Connecticut's sort of part of New England, but a lot of people there root for the Yankees. So is it really part of New England? I don't know.
3: I think that it's linked between the Midwest and New England by way of the Rust Belt. Right. Which (laughs) is part of Pittsburgh also. Yeah, but I don't call my belt part of my shoulders.
0: Just saying. (laughs) 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 Yes, those would be called suspenders, <laughs> and they've been out of style for years, ever since you walked to school. It's great. It um, was crying real, the whole big okay. Been. <laughs> to go back to your question, I have spent time in, uh, Would you call Cleveland? Yes, Ohio. Cleveland. Yeah, Ohio is very oh, Spent a lot of time there. I remember um, I went to a Browns game on New Year's Day, uh, Mistake by the Lake, <laughs> and that's what they call that's it. That's what they call it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, Poor Cleveland. And it was just like fucking unbearable.
3: That is miserably cold. Yeah. But that gets the like walloped by the worst of it. It has the lake effect and that like flatland prairie stuff going on. And so it's just like the perfect storm of it.
0: Yeah. And then I've been to Chicago in the winter a few times, which kind of has a New York effect where the, uh, you know, the tall buildings create wind tunnels and it really fucking sucks and you have to walk everywhere. So, I mean, you know, it's a tough call. I don't know. I think that uh, our only logical conclusion now is to put this out to the people about New England versus Midwest. I don't think we've reached a headway here. I don't think you can. Uh, I, I
3: think that between your hedging and my Midwestern politeness, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> <around> this, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I like, mean, honestly, everything you described to me though sounded kind of great, and I would imagine that you know it's reciprocal.
4: Well, but you also like I live for cold weather, like, that is my favorite time of year. If it could be winter year round, I would totally do that. I mean, this summer we just got an indoor ski resort here in New Jersey, and yeah. I plan on
0: going every week. I saw that, yeah, and it's
4: awesome. Umbrellas.com,
0: so oh, right, the place we work for, yes, yes,
3: <laughs> that's like, pretty cool, though. And I, th- I think that that does speak, you know, quite a bit to the appeal of winter, like, right, everyone yeah. likes to complain. We also have a list about like the worst places in the summer so right you know not as yeah. popular though nobody complains about fall yeah Just no so fall's a great season
0: i think that uh people should send us tweets are you guys are Chaz? do you have a twitter it's inactive oh what you do have is a pretty active instagram where people yes twitter. i do yeah it's uh at the catfish chronicles yeah
4: that is my instagram you make some memes memes and uh, a lot of snowboarding, and a, lot stuff. Of snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. a lot of
0: winter stuff honestly yeah a lot of winter and andy
4: I am very bad at Twitter, but I'm
3: at APKryza, K-R-Y-Z-A. Yeah.
0: I think people should just hit you guys up with their complaints, questions, concerns. They do anyway. Memes. <laughs> About unrelated stuff. Um, I was going to say, shouldn't we all say a hot take of who we think
4: should be the coldest, worst winner? Not well, not thought. a r- zone, but like a but state. But with state? Yeah, like a I zone. I say yes. A zone doesn't really do anything, you know? All right.
0: Jazz, make a good point. Pushy New Englander, working his way in here. <laughs> yeah, figure. Who's from Massachusetts Jeez. here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pick my state. Um, I think, based on my own experience, that it's Ohio. I've never felt such wind and brutal cold and also general unpleasantness. I think it has the same kind of gray haze that a Pittsburgh has, but almost worse. Everything is covered in salt. Everything is gray. People are miserable. And there's like... Two months of summer. I think that you can also like tell how brutal a winter is by how great a summer is, and how much people are enjoying going out and how like active and happy people are. And the two months where it's summer in Cleveland, um, people are really living their life because they have to hibernate basically for the other nine months of the year. So I pick Ohio. Fair, fair, fair. Jazz. I want to say Vermont. But I actually think I'm
4: going to say Maine because Maine goes even more north. Mm -hmm. And if you go up to like Presque Isle, Maine, which is like all the way up there, it's brutal. It's like the Wild West up there. It's the Yukon. It just gets worse and worse the more north you go. And it goes north.
3: That's a good pick. Andrew. I hate to do this because I feel like the state gets bagged on all the time. But I'm going to go with North Dakota. Okay. North Dakota- do people talk? I don't know that people bag on. It. I just feel. like Have it's you ever not heard anyone about. say anything nice about North Dakota? I've never like, heard anyone
0: say anything about well, North
3: Dakota. Really? So I mean, that's well, you're about to. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm choosing it as the state with the most brutal winter. Yeah, um, and it's it's a combination of things. But I think that you know, being a flat prairie land without an awful lot to block the winter, and also just being cold as hell, mm-hmm. getting a little bit of that lake effect stuff, but also just having nothing to really do. Like all you yeah. do is buckle down, like bite your lip, and probably drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like <laughs> that whole, like everything that's miserable about the winter without an awful lot to do, unless you're in like. Theodore Roosevelt National Park, which is probably closing most of its roads because it is so miserable. Yeah.
4: Have you spent a lot of time in North Dakota?
3: I've spent a decent amount of time there, yeah. I almost died while driving through North Dakota in the winter (laughs) because a snowplow went over an overpass and dumped about three feet of snow on my windshield. Uh, It's like the Dave Matthews story. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But instead
0: of shit, it's just a bunch of snow. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I would prefer the snow to any even (laughs) listening to Dave Matthews, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, North Dakota's just brutal. That
0: sounds miserable. Those are three good picks. Well, technically, they're bad picks. (laughs) Good picks for bad stuff. Here's a cold weather question. Have any of you guys ever gotten your tongue stuck to a flagpole?
4: Uh, Not a flagpole, but a chairlift. Where? Uh, It was in Maine, and I was just on a, it was a dare (laughs) on a whim. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely got my tongue stuck, ripped it off. Did it hurt? (sighs) Uh, You know, it's kind of like burning your mouth, but like
0: the opposite. Right. (laughs) Andy? Yeah. I feel like you put your tongue on a lot of stuff. Like yeah. It this happened
3: once. It it, it happened. Uh, I was in a field in Flushing, Michigan with Roddy Pierce, who I'm sure he's not listening. Uh, but I got dared to do it outside of a church and like straight up in the middle of a field. I like... Did the dare, and I jammed my entire tongue, like, this entire sloppy, like, Gene Simmons-style tonguing of this pole, and it got stuck, and I could not get it off. But you do. He had to go and get his parents, uh, and they came with hot water to help me unstick it, and it didn't work, and they had to actually, like, call the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> What, well, what did they do though? Laughed a lot, yeah. uh, but I mean, think about like the the ticking clock on that. Like, I could have lost my tongue. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, how
0: different you would be. You wouldn't be here right now. I would podcast I, if you lost yeah, your tongue,
3: <laughs> but. It was, yeah, like, it was It was really, really awful. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't taste anything for about a month. Like, I was out there for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. The water didn't work. The water just made it worse.
0: I thought water worked. That's how you do it. Yeah, it's not how science works, though. <laughs> like, pouring <laughs>
3: water on a frozen thing. Hot like water. Makes, hot did water. They use, did they use well, just, no, like, lukewarm you can't, water? You can't, you not can't hot use, enough. <laughs> you can't use hot water because then you'll, like, risk, uh, like, the temperature change. Sure, will okay. we'll ruin nerves and stuff like that. It was pretty bad. Like, I ended up... Uh, once it finally tore off, there was, like, a ton of flesh on the thing. Like, it was Tongue just... flesh. Yeah, it, like, every time I watch A Christmas Story, I'm like, it's amateurs. Yeah.
0: Well, they got it off. They yeah, pulled, it, right? was, it was terrible, yeah. Or Dumb and Dumber. Lots of movies, actually. I never really talked to people that this actually happened to. Two movies. How did you not do this? You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, honestly, I tried. It's just I've never been cold enough. I've never been anywhere else cold enough. It de- definitely Maybe does have year. to be cold, yeah. Jazz from New England, Andy from the Midwest. Thanks for coming on and talking about the winters of your dreams and nightmares. Thanks, Will from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Thanks, Will from Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised in New Jersey. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about something else. Before you go, take a couple minutes of your time to fill out our survey. Again, it's in our description, or you can go straight to Thrillist.com survey. I want to thank Megan Kirsch and Ocean McAdams on the Thrillist side for making all of this happen. Brett Kushner, David Zwick, and Emily Feld, our Group 9 fam. My podcast partner in crime, Molly Shulson, who produced this episode. iHeartRadio's Radio's Mangesh Hatakudor. Our editor, Randy Scott Carroll. And of course, our mixer, Ernie Indra who makes everything sound great. All right, we'll see you next week.